Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. 25 community and faith groups sent an open letter to Mayor Lori Lightfoot yesterday. These groups condemned the mayor and the CPD's tactics during the protest and unrest in Chicago. The letter details how officers reacted in the aftermath of the August 10th shooting of Latrell Allen in Inglewood. Cook County Public Defender Amy Campanelli also signed on, and so did Tanya Woods. She's the executive director of the Westside Justice Center, and she joins me now. Tanya, welcome to Reset. Thank you for having me on today. Tanya, your letter begins by calling on the mayor to, quote, immediately cease your misguided and harmful escalation of law enforcement in response to the uprisings over the past few months. Tell us why you believe the mayor's approach has been misguided and harmful. What, what is the mayor getting wrong? What so many and not the mayor only are getting wrong is that we, we're dealing with this not specific to Chicago alone. This is a nationwide uprising and protesting and fighting back to systems that no longer work. When we start to think of this in isolation, that's where we begin to analyze the situation from the incorrect lens. If it's related to one incident or one set of instances or one summer even, but when in fact we're dealing with systemic issues over time, over generations, and that is where the analysis starts incorrectly. Mm-hmm. When we start pointing fingers at other agencies for what they are not doing right, as if that somehow or another absolves another agency from what they're doing incorrectly, again, that is yet another step in the wrong direction. When we begin to have a conversation that starts with looting and ends with why weren't there body cameras, then that's yet another step in the wrong direction. And so there are many forks in the road that had we gone left instead of right, this could have turned out a lot differently, that we at August 26th would probably be having a different conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it's the continued lack of wanting to take immediate responsibility and realize that there are alternative ways of addressing um, what is now turned into a, you know, not just a Chicago problem, not just a national problem, but people all over the world are saying, we've got to do something different. How can we expect lasting and sustainable change if we keep fixing problems with the same old Band-Aid? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're not getting right. <laughs> Tanya, let me read a little bit more from this letter. Here's another part. Certainly. This is a quote. Uh, it says, "You." this is to Mayor Lightfoot. It says, you were elected on the promise to change Chicago's police department. You recognize that a militarized response to the violence isn't what people want, and more to the point, it's not effective. You're actually throwing Mayor Lightfoot's words back at her. That's something she said in an interview in 2018 before she was mayor. Uh, why do you think her approach has changed when it, when it comes to uh, how, uh, how the, the police department works and the militarization of the police? Let's not misunderstand. Being an elected official is certainly a challenging job, right? That's why a whole bunch of folks don't really want to do it. But that kind of comes with the territory, right? Um, So it's not so much why has she changed, you know, uh, switched streams, right? It it almost as if those were the campaign promises that we're accustomed to hearing. Mm -hmm. Say the things that people want to hear, and then once you're in the position to make the hard decisions, then it becomes something different. 
So I can't speak to the mindset of Mayor Lightfoot. All I can speak to is what we're seeing played out in our community. The preceding paragraph talks about how much money we invest in the Chicago Police Department in that letter, $1.68 billion, with $5 million spent every day on policing. And so if we continue to send a message to the citizens of Chicago by continuing to put the same amount of money in the same line items, then it does make it seem like this was a campaign promise and not an actual and true pledge over time to the people who elected me. It's not uh, an attempt to gotcha, because, I mean, those are her words, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but it's an attempt to point out and make it very plain to everyone, and not just the mayor, but to everyone, that this is not um, something that folks are making up. Um, These are promises that were made from a person who ran on a platform of change, who ran on a platform of saying, I am for the people, despite being a prosecutor, despite what my record may say, I am actually for the people. Well, now is the time to actually see that in action. And that's what people are calling for. There has been a lot of confusion, and it's a little bit frustrating just when it comes to the difference between how the media portrays looters and protesters. Absolutely. And we're seeing it play out at the Republican National Convention at the, and, yeah. and used for political purposes, but we're also seeing it done locally with media. When, when we're talking about uh, the, the use of police and police uh, force against protesters in Chicago, that's different than protecting uh, stores, whether it be in the south or west sides of Chicago or even downtown in Michigan Avenue. Sure. These are complex issues, Justin. So why are we scrambling for the the quick, easy soundbite? Why are we scrambling for the easy task force and the checklist to say, hey, we've got it right? What we're talking about are generational problems, systemic problems that have lasted over hundreds of years that are now coming to a head in modern-day society. These problems are not going to be fixed overnight with a task force. They're not going to be fixed overnight by... Um, a few hearings, or even a consent decree. And so while these messages are often confounded, people fight with the tools that they are given, right? Riots, as as the old adage go, is the voice of the unheard. And so what you're seeing is people rise up in ways that they haven't done before. You are seeing people resisting old mainstays of peaceful protesting because it hasn't gotten people the results that they were looking for. And so when you take a group of people, not just a few, then you are bound to see after generations of trauma uh, that have been inflicted upon a single race of individuals in a single city, you are bound to see ways of uprising that no longer look familiar, that don't fit the quiet and peaceful protest paradigm. And that is well within folks' right and prerogative to be able to fight with the tools that they feel mm-hmm. as though they're given. But we, as community leaders, as activists, as elected officials, we have an opportunity to be able to change the focus, to adjust the narrative, and focus it on the things that we need to focus on. And so when you have a shooting and there are no body cameras that are running, then why are we still investing in body cameras? We have a police force that is still continuing to escalate violence against people who are trying to protest. And why are we still continuing to do that when that kind of escalation only begets more violence? And so this is what you hear people say all behind the quote-unquote nice hashtag of defund the police. Is it a complex message? Could be. Is it a complex conversation? Absolutely. But aren't we worth it? And shouldn't we be thinking more deeply and more complex about some of these issues? We absolutely should. 
What are your thoughts when you see and hear the mayor uh, going on national media or or even you know local media championing uh, her tactics and in you know specifically when we're talking about the the unrest and the and the protests that happened uh, just a week and a half ago when there seems to be a crafting of a narrative and we saw this from the police chief and the mayor that it was the protesters' fault like they went out the right away they were like they were showing they they released video and they showed it and the mayor went on face the nation and. And it was all the narrative that they were trying to say was that the protesters were the agitators, the aggressors. And this is what we had to do as a police force to protect our city. What's your response to that uh, when when that is happening and as part of co-signing on this letter? I am saddened by it uh, because it sounds all too familiar from things that I've read or movie reels that I have seen from the 60s as if it is somehow or another the victim's fault that they find themselves in the predicament that they're in that law enforcement and government has the right to act in whatever way they so choose in order to, quote-unquote, keep the peace or keep us safe. If you ask many of the people who live in those communities if they feel safer, if they feel as though they are being protected and served by the police that are in their neighborhoods, many of them do not. And so it's not only Mayor Lightford, but there are cities like this across the United States, but as I mentioned earlier, across Uh, Wherever there are black Africans who are suffering from the oppression of law enforcement and neocolonialism, we are all going through similar uh, tragedies. To single out Mayor Lightford, yes, that is the mayor that we have here in Chicago, but there are many, many others and many other cities where this same type of tragedy is playing itself out. Well, it's playing out right now in Kenosha, right? The first narrative is not about how we address some of the demands that are being made by not only this letter, but so many other open letters being made to the police and to the city of Chicago. But that instead we choose to uh, continue to fuel the fire of a conversation about looters. And then what feels like intentionally misguiding the public to continue to have a conversation about that topic versus the main issues, which is how do we reform, how do we uh, address criminal justice reform over time, and in many instances, how do we dismantle and abolish certain systems that just no longer work. Tanya, the, the mayor had said formally, this was in, in the article today in the Sun-Times, saying she formally will respond to the letter at some point. Uh, what do you want her, to, what do you want the letter to say? What do you want her response to be to this open letter? So I think that, you know, the demands and the requests are very clear, is that the one of the things that has to stop is the name-calling between agencies. What is the point of pointing a finger at a, another agency and saying, you, you know, you're not doing your job right, and so therefore I can't do my job right? At what point are we not all in this together? Um, there's a lot of conversation about, um, you know, we are listening, but when the groups are out here speaking, there's no conversation. Um, There's merely reactions and responses and, and quite frankly, this kind of dialogue where we are having a conversation through the media. That is not true collaboration, and that does not speak to um, a a regime that is uh, committed to change. And when we continue to see week after week, every time there is a uh, conflict that involves a black person, there is the immediate escalation of police force. There's rarely, if any, conversation about alternative forms of dispute resolution. There's rarely any conversation about restorative justice. There's always, let's put more police on the streets. Let's invest in, uh, in more systems that don't work. We have body cams, but they never seem to work to catch the crimes that need to be investigating. And then when we do have clear-cut uh, evidence that shows us that there was wrongdoing, then we're slow to act. 
And so those are immediate things that can be done uh, in, in her uh, response, as well as a continued sustained response from law enforcement and from our city government. And we've seen the county make some steps in that direction. We've seen other large cities make the step in that direction. There's no reason why a city as great as Chicago, and especially with our history, should not be able to come together and start to make change immediately and not continue to have hearing after hearing. Uh, just a few days ago, the Public Safety Committee heard again after six years an ordinance that would put an end to incommunicado detention, meaning when people go to the police station, it shouldn't take them 24 and 48 hours to have to meet with their attorneys. Those are some of the immediate things that we can do now that can be uh, put in place today that will make a, um, a change and will send a strong message to the communities that are being oppressed that indeed change is, um, is, is on the way and it's here to stay. It's Tanya Woods. She's the executive director of the Westside Justice Center and one of the co-signers of the open letter to Mayor Lightfoot calling on her to change her use of police against protesters in Chicago. Tanya, thanks so much for coming on Reset. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us. Let's talk again soon. And that's today's Reset. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast or ask your smart speaker to play WBEZ's Reset. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.